This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Thank you for joining us for the Thursday edition, affectionately called Mary Langston's podcast, where she is kind enough to, I guess she checked with three or four other people to see if they're available to answer questions. And if they're not available, then she is kind enough to call me. And I'm, I'm grateful. Thank you for doing that. Well, we couldn't do it without you, Trey. You always have words of wisdom and we're just grateful that you're here. And thank you for allowing me to be part of it. Oh my heavens, you cannot be real. Was that like a real assessment? It was, that, yes, sir. Is that like a is that like a computer? Did my mom program a computer? <laughs> Good Lord, nobody's ever nobody's ever been that nice to me in my life. Oh, I know they have. Terry Gowdy is just sweeter than that. So I know that that's she not is true. very sweet. But even she wouldn't be able to get all that out. She, she <laughs> I don't think. I think at some point she'd laugh. <laughs> Well, we do have some good news, Trey. We have daylight savings that is coming up. I know that you're counting down the days for that. Well, you know that I do not like darkness and I do not like the winter. I don't like cold. I don't like it getting dark at five o'clock. So, yes, it is sad that that has an impact on my overall well-being. But I was asking Terry the other day, is there any place in the world where it is daylight 24 hours? <laughs> and she said something like there may be, but it's also going to be dark for 24 hours during another part of the year. And and that lost me. So I, I, I didn't do well with geography. I couldn't follow it. So <laughs> you're right. Um, I guess uh, the barometer I have for whether or not things are great is when I get off air on Sunday nights. Do I still have time to go putt? And if I still have time, you've seen me because you've been over at our house. I just rush out the door and go putt after the Sunday show ends at eight o'clock. That's right. You say, all right, I'm 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 going. Let me know if you make it home. Yep. And that's it. And I'll putt until the mosquitoes come. Well, we're getting closer to it. And Trey, we have a lot of great questions today. They're kind of all over the board. Are you ready to answer them? Probably not, but let's do it anyway. All right, let's do it. We appreciate you all for sending us your questions. We'll start with our first question, and it's from Ben in Missouri. He writes, what do you think of the Murdoch trial so far, and how do you react to Alex's emotions throughout the trial? Oh, Ben, uh, trials are hard. Uh, you prepare as best you can, and there are always, always surprises. Uh, witnesses say things they've never said before. Uh, witnesses back up. That's the phrase we would use. Witnesses back up on what they've said before. An example of that, you know, could be an expert that says absolutely 100 percent this, you know, injury was caused by a 38 caliber projectile. They'll tell you that when you meet with them, you know, outside the courtroom and then they get in court and it's probably 
Well, probably sometimes it's good enough and sometimes it's not good enough. So, I mean, some witnesses do better than you thought they would and others do worse than you thought they would do. And by that, I don't mean by telling the truth or not telling the truth, but the manner in which they testify. It is hard being in front of people. It is hard knowing there's a judge right beside you. And for many folks, it'll be the only time they ever testify. And you got lawyers who went to school to learn how to ask questions, and it's intimidating. So the the quality of the lawyers does matter. I don't want to say it doesn't. Of course, it matters. But more than anything, it's the quality of the evidence that matters. And this is a circumstantial evidence case. Um, there is no video of Alex Murdoch pulling the trigger. There's not an eyewitness. There Three people were present, and two of them are dead. And the one uh, has a uh, constitutional right not to testify. And even if he did testify, he doesn't have to tell the truth. So it's a circumstantial case, but lots of cases are circumstantial. And there's a reason that at the end of this trial, the judge is going to tell the jury that there is no difference in terms of relevance or probativeness or materiality or strength between direct evidence and circumstantial evidence. Circumstantial evidence is just as valid and can be, in some ways, it can be even stronger. I mean, I've had confessions where the jury didn't believe the confession. They did not believe the guy who said, yes, I committed this robbery or yes, I committed this crime. They didn't believe him. So you have to have what we call circumstantial evidence. Um, I would have been, I would have prosecuted the case a little differently. That doesn't mean I'm right. It just, I would have done it differently. Uh, I had folks on my prosecution team with me. I mean, I did some of them by myself, but I would you know, pick my prosecution teammates um, and we put our heads together and we would go over the order of witnesses, uh, the manner, you know, the chronology, um, or maybe you don't want to go chronologically. Um, what evidence we thought was most probative, how to structure your arguments, you know, who do you cross? Uh, this week, the defendant's son testified. Um, so who's going to cross him and how does the jury view him as a victim who's lost his mom and may soon lose his dad and lost his brother? Does the jury view him as, you know, differently as not sympathetic? You don't know that because you can't ask the jury. So you got to be strategic. I mean, TV makes cross-examination the most important part of a trial. That's what television does. It's rarely true. In real life. Um, and it's even less true for prosecutors because many defendants don't testify. So there is no chance to cross-examine. So you're crossing experts or character witnesses. We're quite honestly fighting to a draw is sometimes as good as it gets. So the other part of your question about, you know, his emotions, I have seen guilty people cry like they just saw the ending of Titanic for the first time. And I have seen innocent people sit there stoically with no emotion at all. I, mean, I think we all have a sense of what the right reaction is, whether it's too manufactured, whether it's not enough. I mean, jurors are smart, and I think they see through fake emotion. And in this case, is great because you've got him on. I mean, you can watch him in trial, but he also is on video and audio when Sled interviewed him. 
And you can tell a lot about someone, not just by the words that come out of their mouth, but the way they hold themselves, the way they conduct themselves. Look, I'm a cynic, as you well know, Mary Langston. I've seen more people cry uh, that did commit murder. So, I mean, are they crying because they're about to go to jail? Are they crying because they regret what they've done? Or are they crying because they've been falsely accused? I mean, I just, jurors usually figure it out and they usually get it right. Well, thank you so much, Trey. And thank you, Ben, for your question. Our next question is from Trisha in Montana. She writes, if you were speaking in front of Christian audiences and were wanting them to take in children who had been abused and neglected that are in the foster care system, what questions would you ask them? I guess the first thing I would say, Mary Langston, is probably the first question I would ask is, can you give me a moment? while I go get Terry and Mary Langston, who are the two best Christians I know, to talk to you about the Bible? Does that count as a question? I'm, I'm, I'm asking, can I have a second? That is a question. So I can go get the two best Christians I know. I can throw Sharia in there and it'd be all three of y'all. So, and you as well. And Tim. Oh, you, Tim. No, <laughs> you you would not have me in there. Um, so what would I if I were speaking in front of Christian audience and wanted them to take in children who had been abused and neglected and were, she said the foster care system, right? That's correct. What yes, questions sir. would you ask them? Probably just one, uh, which is, do you believe Jesus? Mm. Do, you, do you believe him when he says things? So when he said, you know, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Do you believe him? Whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me does not welcome me, but the one who sent me. Do you believe him when he says that? Truly, I say to you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. Do you believe him when he says that? See that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I tell you that their angels in heaven always see the face of my Father in heaven. Do you believe him? If anyone calls as one of these little ones, who those who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for them to have a large millstone hung around their neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. So when he says that, do you, do you believe him? I can only think of... I'm sure there are a lot of other times. I can only think of one other time Jesus used the analogy of having a millstone around your neck. You know who he was talking about when he used it another time? Judas Iscariot. So that'd be my question. Uh, when he said, in the same way, your father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should perish. Do you believe him? That'd be my question. Well, that was well said, Trey. So thank you for answering that. And thank you, Trisha. Oh, no, what should my question be? You know, you know, maybe they wouldn't ask me to speak in front of that audience, first of all. But they would. They would. They would for sure. And that's a great ask? question. I probably would ask something similar um, because it takes you straight to the point And we're supposed to live as Jesus did and does. So that's a great question, Trey. Well, you're a lot more likely to be asked to speak in that environment. So you and Terry and Sheree and Tim can figure out what your answer, but that'd be my one question. I mean, do you believe him? Because he said all those things. I just 
attributed to him. So, mm-hmm. boy, they're all in the Bible. I think he said a lot of them, but he certainly talked about little children very, very favorably. So he did. If you believe him, then um, you probably do everything you can to help those children who are most in need. We're going to hold it right there. Be back right after this. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Well, our next question is from Dan in Indiana. He writes, how did the mainstream media become so liberal and what keeps it that way? I don't know how I got that way. It stays that way because that's who's buying their product. I don't think conservatives read the New York Times or Washington Post or Politico, or if they do read it, and I do, I read it sometimes, we don't believe much of it. And when I say don't believe it, I mean, they're incredibly selective. The media caters to one side or the other. And and if we're on that side, we think it's the truth, and the other side does not. I'm not sure a media entity who just reported the news would be financially viable, as a matter of fact, the decision on what to cover is itself, it's a choice. And we're influenced by our biases. So do I cover this story? I mean, say I have 30 minutes. Do I cover this story or do I cover that story? I mean, that's a choice. And conservatives might make one choice and liberals might make another choice. So I, I don't know which came first, the uh, liberal media and then people adapted or people wanted the liberalism and therefore uh, they met the demand. Um, I don't know. You know, most reporters are liberal, uh, which is fine. I don't care. I care when you allow your personal beliefs to impact your work. I, I don't know. I, I just I don't think there are that many reporters left anymore. They're just kind of advocates. They pick which stories are important. They decide how to write them, how to frame the issues. I mean, you glance at the New York Times or the Washington Post or the Hill or Politico, and you will see left-leaning stories written by left-leaning people. And we're supposed to view that as news, and I do not. And you glance at conservative websites, and it's the opposite. And so I think the media has really become an extension of politics, and it's not a safeguard against the excesses of politics. It is an extension. And since, you know, the last question was about what would Jesus say? Um, I think he said something. You'll know more about this than I do. I don't know the Bible like you do. I think he said the love of money is the root of all evil. Is that what he said? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. He did not say money is the root of all evil. He said the love of money is the root of all evil. I think it all boils down to money, profit. I'm going to sell more. I'm going to get more clicks if I write this way. And so the fact that there's not a market for people who just give you the news maybe is an indictment on us. Maybe. Well, now you're going to have us all thinking. So thank you for answering that question, Trey. Our last question is from Tammy, and she writes, is there a way to purchase a signed copy of your new book? (laughs) 
Uh, yes, ma'am, Tammy. Uh, there are many ways to do so. Um, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million have copies that I personally sign. Others may as well. Um, but I do know this. I uh, sat at my desk and signed thousands of books and placards, and I did it myself. And when those run out, I will sign some more. So they are definitely out there. Now, if you already have a copy that is not signed and you want it to, people do mail me books and uh, or they mail them to Mary Langston, I should say. And she gives them to me and I sign them, but I sign them all. You know, Tim Scott and I did it when we wrote Unified Together. I did it with my the next book. Doesn't hurt to ask. So there is no... Like, <laughs> there's no machine that does it, and there's no stamp. But honestly, you could not manufacture my signature. Only a human with poor handwriting could come up with my signature. No machine could do it. You've seen it, Mary Lang. So you think a machine could come up with that? Someone did write in recently, and they said, did Trey really sign this? I can't tell if it's his name or what it is. And it, it made is me laugh, my and I thought, it is his signature. It is my signature, and the fact that you cannot make out a single letter of my first or last name is probably evidence that it is my signature. Exactly. Which is why I type, so people can read it. <laughs> I, I, you can't read my handwriting. It's terrible. Well, thank you so much, Trey, for answering all these questions, and thank you all for sending us your questions each week. We always look forward to it. You got a screen. I mean, you asking me a lot of Bible questions and you know, I don't know the answers to them. So you, you got to screen those for me. I mean, you or else get Terry know. in here. I mean, good heavens. I mean, I, I, you're making me go all the way back to Sunday school when I wasn't even paying like super close attention back then. And it sounds like you were paying pretty good attention. Well, Keep them coming. I love them. It's one of the highlights of my week and about the only time Mary Langston will take my call. So y'all keep them coming, okay? Please do and have a great week. All righty. Bye-bye. All right. Bye, y'all. Bye, Trey. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. Fox News Rundown, a contrast of perspectives you won't hear anywhere else. Your daily dose of news twice a day. Featuring insight from top newsmakers, reporters, and Fox News contributors. Listen and subscribe now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.